to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And today we are talking about something that a surprising number of listeners have requested. And, uh, and something I have been curious about for quite a while Female urinary devices, and this is not a, a UTI, a urinary tract infection. <laughs> it actually might help prevent UTIs. Yeah, fact. I just like that the abbreviation is FUD, where if you put an umlaut over the U, it could be food. Food. Which I actually think there is like a restaurant or something. That bring your food. foods, ladies. Yeah, bring your FUD to the food. I don't know. It doesn't really work. But I, I thought that it would be great to talk about because it is... Summer, it's hot. You might be out hunting or camping or going to music festivals or doing all three at the same time. Going on that classic all-ladies summer hunt. Maybe you were hunting at Bonnaroo. I don't know what people do there. Who knows? It gets weird. Probably hunting something. But either way, or any of these ways... You probably have experienced a little bit of awkwardness, discomfort, maybe even a UTI if you have had to hold it or feel like you couldn't pee or clean up after yourself because you're in such an awkward position. Caroline, one of the most panicked moments of my life in public that I still vividly remember, which is surprising considering how much beer I'd had to drink that day, was at a beer (laughs) festival, which is why I had had a lot of beer. And there were uh, maybe two porta johns uh, designated for women, and the lines were astounding. And I did the thing where I waited too long, yep. and I got in the line, and I immediately had to go because you know how it is when you drink a lot of beer. Somehow it just kind of kind of speeds the whole process up a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, sneaks up on you. Yeah, and I stood there, and the panic hit of. I am about to urinate all over myself in front of just hundreds of people. Yeah. And this is how it's going to be. And I had actually not been working at How Stuff Works all that long and was with coworkers. And I was imagining having to go back to where all of my coworkers were with, with pee pants. So what happened? Thankfully, someone saw the, the panic in my eyes when I said, is there any way I can cut in front of you and mercifully oh. let me use that porta potty? You it, must have looked so terrified girl, for someone to let you cut in line in the porta potty line. I know. I know. Desperate times. But I tell you what, I have tried to repay that porta potty karma anytime. So ladies, if you see me and buy a porta potty <laughs> and you really need to use it before me. I'll let you go because I feel that pain. That is so nice. It, it is the worst pain. It is the worst pain. And that is why I've really been interested in female urinary devices. I mean, it also really an unfortunately clinical name for pee funnels. Yeah, pee funnels. Uh, some people literally use funnels. Some people go on the internets and, and purchase uh, a ready-made lady-specific type funnels. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's also whole issues of potty politics. We talked about literally in our potty politics episode a couple of years ago of trans men needing these same devices to use the bathroom and be able to. They're called stand to pee devices when they're specifically used by and for trans men, though. Yeah, there's the whole gender neutral bathroom issue, potty parity, where bathroom equality, in quotes, isn't the same number of bathrooms for men and women thanks to the time and space it takes 
women to go because equal usually means more stalls for women than men. Yeah, we take up more space. Takes us longer to get in and get out. Yeah, I mean, half the time it's because I'm tweeting. But, (laughs) well, at least you're not talking on your phone. Why is there always someone talking on the phone in the bathroom? I don't know. I think that's another podcast. That is, yeah, you're right. Um, That's my own personal politics. But And we will do that podcast in the bathroom, (laughs) my friend. Ooh, the acoustics. So great. Um, But part of that potty politics episode that we did... But way back when, we did mention the issue of men standing up versus women sitting and how that in and of itself takes up more space. You've got to take off your pants, roll your pants down or pull your skirt up or your hoop skirt, God forbid. Um, but the thing that makes that easier is stuff like the P-Mate. This little, it's like a little cardboard like funnel. You just like pop open and, and fold it out and stick it up in there. I'm using technical terms. We don't really stick it. It kind of makes it sound like a tampon. You oh, yeah. No, you don't, you don't like stick it up in there. You just stick it like you hold it against your against, labia. Against yourself, yeah. Yeah, against your vulva. There we go. And is P-Mate the disposable mm-hmm. one? Yeah. And they're kind of cute, I got to say, because they have little designs on the side. Yeah. Very Hello Kitty-esque. At least the ones that I was oh, looking at. I, I spot a marketing opportunity. I mean, if... Like, why not? We should a- make our own. <laughs> Hello Kitty will sue our <laughs> pants off. Oh, I was, pun intended. I, I was thinking a Hey Ladies teammate. Oh, yeah. with our faces on it, the yeah, back-to-back back back back. Mm-hmm. Well, got to make a buck somehow, girl. I agree. But I myself, you know, in all of this discussion, I myself have never used one. Have never used, whether it's disposable or whether it's one of the funnels, I've never used a, a pea product at all. I have never used a pea funnel, but I would be lying if I said I never tried just for my own amusement to see, uh, test out peeing standing up. Uh huh. And it is challenging. The aiming is hard, but I think that with practice, I could. I could perfect it. Pea practice. Pea practice. Pea practice makes perfect. Yeah, it's just really, I don't know that I have the passion or the drive to do that. I was really hoping you were going to keep using P words. The passion or the persistence. There we go. To, to keep doing that. But I, I really would enjoy at some point learning how to do it so that if my fiance ever walks into the bathroom at our, our apartment, I can just you know weird him out a little bit. <laughs> I like that that's your motivation. to <laughs> spice things up. <laughs> Water sports. But these are being used for very practical reasons by women who are out hunting, women on job sites. This reminded me a lot of our women in construction episode where on construction sites, finding a sanitary, safe place to go to the bathroom is not so easy for women, especially. Yeah, we got a letter from a listener named Courtney, and we did read her letter previously on the podcast. But I think it's worth repeating some of the things she said and encouraging us to do a FUD episode, um, she talks about how not being able to have access to a safe or private or clean space to go to the bathroom is probably a bit of a health and safety issue, especially when you're talking about it being hot outside. Courtney was talking about working in open farm fields. And so a lot of women, whether you are like Courtney working in a farm field or you're a military service member in Afghanistan, a lot of women will end up dehydrating themselves on purpose to avoid having to pee too often. And so Courtney says, maybe we should learn to love and embrace the FUD. 
I agree. I mean, she says FUDs were occasionally mentioned in jokes as a kind of weird, ridiculous thing that anyone should be embarrassed to even consider using. But if they can solve something that is more than a minor inconvenience and often a very real problem for women, maybe we should learn to love it. And this also reminds me of squeamishness surrounding menstrual cups. Yeah. There's the whole fear factor of coming into contact with your own labia. And I, I understand, too, it's also menstrual blood factor with that. But women, people with labia and vulvas, it's okay. We can come into contact with our own genitalia. Yeah, it's just a part of your body. It's yeah. Just, it's like an armpit. I mean, it's not like an armpit, but it's as if, you know, it's... Anyway. So... Anyway, moving beyond armpits, you know, we think of these female urination devices. It's a very clinical term, like Kristen said. We think of them as being such modern inventions. We think of the cardboard P-mate. We think of the Lady J or the Freshette. But people have been sort of tinkering with this idea for a lot longer than that. And especially FUD pioneer Edith Lacey. You cannot, like, I I can't express to you how excited I was that one of the earliest, if not the earliest, FUD creator and patent holder was a woman. Yeah, she was a British woman who filed a U.S. patent application for a, quote, sanitary protector in August 1918. And her patent was approved in February 1922. And you can read it over on Google Patents. And in the patent, she describes, quote, my invention relates to a sanitary protector suitable for use by female persons in urinating. And the principal object of my invention is to provide a cheap device of this class, which is used but once, being especially suitable as a sanitary device in toilet rooms. And she goes on to say how it should be made of disposable material, which you can then burn after using. (laughs) I know. I don't know. Uh, Kristen, I I laughed out loud the other day next to you, and that's what I was laughing at. I like I think I did like a laugh, uh, like a solitary laugh clap and combo. And it was because I was so tickled at the idea of like, burn it, burn it, (laughs) burn it. Um, But yeah, so I love that her goal was not just to give women like a, a clean, easy way to pee without having to come in contact with a seat, but that she wanted it to be cheap and easily accessible. She foresaw these devices being sold in public toilet rooms and elsewhere from the well-known coin-controlled apparatus at a nominal cost. So this makes me think of having them in the tampon dispensers. Yeah, ye old tampon dispenser. And how might you use such a thing, Caroline? Well, she writes that you would hold it in engagement with the body. I love that also. It's sounds so dainty, Uh, with the entire edge engaging said body around the mouth of the well, covering the urethra, and then, you you know, you you pee into it while you're in a quote-unquote suitable place. I like uh, how she describes it, though, as the urine being let off. (laughs) It's It's like someone just takes... Takes his little yellow hand and <laughs> takes it away. It's the end of like every Western. Yeah. And it's just riding off into the sunset through your pee mate. It's true. And the benefit, she writes, is it is accordingly unnecessary for the user to sit upon the closet seat. And the urine is let off without <laughs> danger of soiling the clothes of the user or the closet. And then, like Kristen said, you burn it. And then you must burn it. 
<laughs> you have to do a ritual. Yeah, have to draw a star on the floor and burn your cardboard uh, thing. You pull some some sage out yeah. of your purse, toss right. that in there. But no, it was also made like she hammered home the idea of it being stackable. So I imagine you know when you go up to the water machine at work and you pull the cup out. Yeah, that's that's what she was envisioning because I have a picture here. Sorry, listeners, you're on the uh, on your podcast listening devices. And yeah, when you look at the rendering from above, it, it's an oval, so you can just stick it right up against your labia over the urethra and and have your urine led away. I like how passive that is, as if you have nothing to do with it. Well, and keep in mind how especially practical something like this would have been at the time too because if listeners have heard our history of panties, podcast, then you would know that this at this time, most women were still wearing bifurcated undergarments. Yeah. They were very loose. Yeah. Well, and then in 1954, another woman came along, Madonna Willis, who along with Leo Willis Russell, patented a quote unquote urinating device. Yeah, I love it. In the patent application, it's described as the urinator. Which is like the Terminator, which is why I was tickled. The urinator. The urinator. Um, and it was designed to prevent infections among women using public toilets, which, which is a total noble goal. You want people to be clean and comfortable and safe when they're using the restroom. Um, but as I was reading their patent application, um, it became clear that the whole idea of preventing infections had a lot to do with this idea that the public toilet seat was a site of easily communicable disease. And not only that, that the inventors were also very concerned about femininity. They write that, uh, you know, they want to keep the bear, the woman's bare skin from coming in contact with the seat because they say this is not only offensive to a woman's sense of cleanliness and daintiness, but is a proven source of infection by disease germs. Oh, dear. Not disease germs. Not disease germs. I would like to clarify for listeners who are thinking, yeah, disease germs, toilet seats, no thanks. Research has fully demonstrated that actually sitting on public toilet seats is not as dangerous as you might think because our handy dandy skin is really good at blocking microbes. It's more an issue if you sit down on that and then you don't wash your hands. It's more what gets on your hands. Right. That's an issue. So, But that doesn't take away from your fear of sitting in someone else's urine and how icky that feels. Ooh, that is true. It's the worst feeling. The splashback is definitely an issue. And also just having to come into contact with, I mean, the sight, the smell, a, a disgusting public restroom is unpleasant. I, I, I fully understand that and I fully agree that these are, these, these are disgusting things. Um, and we are going to talk more about the modern day, uh, use of female urination devices and, you know, whether you're camping or festivaling or going to Afghanistan. Uh, when we come right back from a quick break. Caroline, one of the most incredible things about female urination devices today is how many products are on the market. It is its own industry because you have people who just want to avoid having to go into a porta potty environment to begin with, but then more usefully you have people who 
just have no toilet anywhere to use. Right, exactly. And that's why some ladies over at Gear Finder, which I assure you is a site for hikers, not people looking for random hookups, uh, or I don't know, maybe they overlap. Um, they tested out a bunch of what reviewer Molly Loomis termed sheenesses. Uh, and they broke down these reviews, and I thought they were fascinating. They tried out everything from literally just a basic plastic automotive funnel, which they described as sturdy but a little bulky to pack, all the way to silicone and rubber things like the Go Girl, which they found works best if you take your pants down to position it, therefore defeating the purpose. And there's a ton of stuff in between. You've got the Lady J, which is marketed towards service women and pilots. It's made of malleable plastic. Plastic. Um, you've got the Shiwi, which is small, which is great for backpackers, but it also means it takes a little more practice in the shower before you go on your backpacking trip. And then they tried out the Wiz Freedom, which they said was lightweight and malleable, which is great, but the fact that it is so malleable can kind of contribute to accidents. And then the final thing that they tried out was the Travel Mate, which is super small and also a little tricky. And it's interesting to see how all of these are a little bit different. I mean, really depending on what they're made of, how, like you said, malleable, the kind of plastic it's made from might be, or if it's just made straight from treated cardboard or paper um, and all of the different attachments you can get, like, is the funnel detachable? Does it fold up? Apparently the Go Girl folds into a tiny, almost capsule-sized carrying capsule. (laughs) It's not really carrying case. So, I mean, the bonus of that, though, is it seems like you can find a FUD to fit your your vulva. Because as we know, you know, everybody's vulva is shaped a little bit differently and probably different kinds of FUDs would work better for different kinds of bodies. Exactly. And one of the ones that the women at GearFinder liked the best was the Freshette, who has the tagline, when nature calls, the answer is... It's fresh. Yeah, that's the answer. Uh, They found that to be the most foolproof and efficient, which is interesting because the military also recommends the Freshette as sort of the the FUD of choice, if you will. Yeah, there was a paper that we found in the journal Urologic Nursing, got my subscription, I don't know about (laughs) you, uh, that came out in 2013 looking at this issue of uh, service women Having to take off so much gear and their uniforms and considering the context of where they might be at the time to go to the bathroom. And so there were a lot of concerns about uh, female soldiers who might be deployed. And like you mentioned earlier, holding it or not drinking enough water, you know, to an unhealthy extent just to not have to go through all of this. Yeah, and they wrote that the current, I like how technical this is, current measures utilized for urination difficulties predispose women to dehydration, urinary symptoms, and or urinary tract infections. Basically breaking down the idea that the way that women have to pee in the field can prove to be humiliating, time-consuming, and therefore dangerous. Because if you have to be popping a squat out in the open, you've got to pull down your pants and your underwear, sometimes in plain sight of others, whether those are other service members or whether that's the frickin' enemy. And due to that, in the early 90s, we learned from this study, 
U.S. Congress actually funded two studies looking into the best FUD options for military women, and they compared the Lady J and the Freshette among, one, women participating in a two-week field exercise, and two, Lady Aviators. And while both groups found both FUDs acceptable and convenient, Freshette won out when it came time for an official recommendation. So as a result, military women's flight uniforms were redesigned to have a one and a half to two inch extended zipper to accommodate the FUDs, which thanks a lot, military. I do appreciate that. That's yeah. a that's a that's a polite step to take. But despite all of this research and the fact that many non-military women are armed with FUDs, they're still not used by a lot of soldiers. Yeah, this was really disheartening. I got so excited about the idea that some of the uniforms had been designed or redesigned with a FUD in mind or just with women's urination habits in mind. But the paper's authors said that, hey, we've got to do something because too many people still don't know that this is available, that this is a thing that women can have. And so in interviewing military nurses, they found either ignorance of the devices Altogether, or a preference to just pop a squat and let it all hang out in the interest of time, which can lead to sand getting up there, irritation, infection, or like we said, they just allow themselves to get dehydrated. And so you've got sort of layers of problems on problems on problems because some of the military, the lady military service members they talked to were not super likely to go seek gynecological care, whether it was because of a lack of trust or time or transportation or just feeling more comfortable with a female provider, and there just wasn't one. Well, and you got to wonder, too, what role socialization plays in all of this, in normalizing the use of FUDs, of normalizing women standing up to use the bathroom if they need to, Because, obviously, in the United States especially, there are some countries where men tend to sit down to urinate. It's such a masculine behavior to stand up and pee, you know? Um, And this is where conversations about trans men and those stand to pee products comes in because this is also part of transitioning of being able to go to your gender appropriate bathroom that you want to use and not be nervous that you will get side-eyed for how you are sitting. Yeah, it's so many of the websites we looked at talking about stand-to-pee products uh, talk about standing-to-pee as a an important socialized behavior, whether you're a cisgender man or a trans man. And so then when you take into account that maybe the men's room doesn't have a stall or maybe it doesn't have a stall door, there's a lot of anxiety that that can breed among people. And so then we get these stand-to-pee urination devices that are made specifically for trans men, things like the urinal, Mr. Phoenix, uh, STP Fits, Mango Pack and Pee Prosthesis. I mean, there's a ton of them. Some of them actually are made to look like penises. They're flesh tone, uh, Varieties of flesh tones, I should say. Some of them are like bright pink or purple or green. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. It's so nice to see that just like uh, if you're just, you know, a woman wanting to go to a music festival and not use a porta potty, you have a whole selection of different like pee mate style products. Well, if you're a trans man who wants to be able to stand to pee in a public restroom, you also have a full range of products to use. Plenty of people have said, this is an issue and I don't want to feel anxious or awkward or scared about walking into 
into a bathroom. Well, and it can be quite literally a life-saving device considering how bathrooms, and especially men's bathrooms, let's be honest, have been sites of violence Mm -hmm. for trans people. Yeah. So this is a very important thing. It's not just laughable like, oh, Venus, haha. No, this is something that's very important for people to have access to. And there are also suggestions that standing up to pee could be good for us. Although I've also seen studies on men that sitting down to pee, if you have a penis, is good for you. Yeah, what's that? Do we, do we need to switch? Should women be standing and men be sitting? What's going on? Well, the International Urogynecology Journal, Kristen. You've got that subscription. Uh, yeah, that's mine. We trade. She and I trade. Yes. Um, in 2008, they had a study looking at women who used the P-mate standing and the P-mate sitting. So it was P-mate across the board and found that the health, uh, the woman's health was not affected either way. They basically had a satisfactory P, whether sitting down or standing up. It's sort of a matter of like, here you go. You have a, an ability to have a personal preference now. And... I think that personal preference is is a is a big part of why it's great that these fuds exist. Although, let's be honest, you can make your own fud. Yeah. If you have go treat- to AutoZone, <laughs> you can go to AutoZone, or if you have some treated cardboard, like from a milk carton, you can roll that puppy up, and hey, boom, funnel, and that'll work. Um, but I gotta say, when people try to tie it to feminism and make it a joke of like, well, we've achieved feminism because women are standing up to pee. Uh, you bore me because <laughs> you clearly don't understand what feminism is about. I mean, yeah, women should be able to use the bathroom in a healthy, safe kind of way. Trans men should be able to use the bathroom in a healthy, safe kind of way. Everybody should be able to. But I don't think that standing to pee is necessarily a, a feminist issue because feminism is not about emulating male behavior. Right. Or making men emulate female behavior. Exactly. So it's just it's just a stale joke to me by this time. Yeah. But I am glad that there are options out there so that when I go into a disgusting porta potty, I don't have to touch anything because I'm very much like you stop complaining about public restrooms. It's fine to sit down. Just you get some toilet paper and wipe the seat off or put a seat cover down. You'll be fine. But I have been in plenty of, of disgusting porta potties where I would be glad to have one. And it's also so good for, to hear from listeners who have the added perspective of being on job sites or out in the field working um, who need these things for for just basic health. Well, I'll tell you what, Caroline, the next music festival and more importantly, beer festival I go to, I'm taking a FUD. Yeah, are you thinking the disposable type, one of the rubber ones? Are you just going to go to the automotive store and pick yourself up a funnel? See, that's the struggle, because my thrifty side says, (laughs) make your own, (laughs) roll up some newspaper. But my, you know, my, my luxurious side says... Maybe a go-girl, maybe something with some soft silicone. That's wonderful. And you have so many color options from there, too. Yeah, all two, pink or green. Or green. Yeah. And, you know, my feminine side <laughs> says pink, but my more rustic side says green. So it really is a lot of choices. And that's a great thing about fuds and feminism is that, you know, you ladies really can choose their choice. Yeah, take a stand. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. I like that. Yeah. I think that we now need to make 
Sminty Fuds because you just came up with our tagline. Yeah, absolutely. We've already discussed having Hey Ladies on the side mm-hmm. with our back-to-back pose. We've got our design. We've got our tagline. All we need now is a manufacturer. So, listeners, call 1-800-SMINTY-FUDS. Feminist Fuds. P like a feminist. That's too many numbers. Yeah, that's a very long number. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe we can pay extra or something sure. like that. Well, now I want to hear from folks out there because clearly there are some FUD users in our audience. And does anyone have any personal reviews to share with us? Because I'm all on, I'm on board for these. But I, I want the personally, I want the stories of, of when you were learning to use it, because I understand that a lot of these because they can be finicky. Uh, it takes a lot of practice for some of them. And so I want to hear I want to hear your your pee practice horror stories. Dribble stories. Dribble stories. Yes. Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com is where you can send those stories. Or you can tweet us, if they're really short, to at Podcast or message us on Facebook. And we've got a couple of messages to share with you when we come right back from a quick break. Well, Caroline, I have an email here from Priscilla about our Man Cave podcast. Subject line, Man Cave led to breakup. What? Us or or their Man Cave? No, no. So Priscilla writes, my ex-boyfriend's Man Cave led to our breakup. Okay, so we didn't break them up. Yeah, it wasn't us. Uh, Close call. My ex-boyfriend and I used to live in a small apartment. As soon as we moved into a house, he declared one of the rooms exclusively for him, explaining that I had the rest of the house. I didn't think much of it at the time, but then he started to use his man cave as an escape. When he was not in a good mood, when he wanted to decompress after a bad day at work, when he wanted to play online games with his friends, or when he wanted to watch shows I wasn't interested in. In the end, it got to the point where he stopped communicating with me, first about important things, and later even about small things. And one day, out of the blue, he broke up with me after I returned from a trip. It was unexpected. In hindsight, I can see how us living together, but yet being separate in the same house and not talking, a.k.a. parallel play, could lead him to believe, what's the point? I don't know if he has ever realized what a big part his man cave played in our breakup. So Priscilla, I'm so sorry to hear that that happened. And listeners, cautionary tale about man caves. Because even if, yes, you need a room of your own, communication is still vital, even more vital, perhaps. Well, I have a letter here from Ren, also about our Man Caves episode, and he writes, I was impressed at the amount of information you were able to provide. As a man who's been living with my wife for the past six years, I felt inspired to share some of my views. The instinct to have an isolated physical space is a trait common to personality types of either gender who draw their energy from psychologically defined flow state activities. Maintaining a flow state requires keeping focused attention on the task at hand without distraction or interruption. Flow state activities range from socially gendered ones like working on a car in the garage or knitting baby clothes to more gender neutral activities like gardening, reading and playing music. For a variety of cultural reasons, men habitually spend more of their time in flow state than women. However, this is changing as the historical gender roles progress toward equality. 
My feeling is that the majority of caves men create are not motivated by a need for masculine expression, but rather by the desire to create a functionally isolated and or focused work or leisure space. Women who have the same desire are equally likely to carve out spaces of their own. Often there is a perception of gender association based on the function of the space. Video game stations are perceived as being masculine, whereas craft rooms are perceived perceived as being feminine. But to say that the function of the space defines its gender affiliation is to imply that women cannot be gamers and men cannot be crafty. Anyone is allowed into a quote-unquote cave so long as they commit themselves to performing the activity the space was designed for. I personally dislike the term man cave because it reinforces notions for what kinds of activities are appropriate for each gender and implies that one of the primary motivators for men creating personal space is to assert their masculinity. Yes, there are hyper-masculine man caves with kegerators and swimsuit calendars. However, my impression is that these kind of caves are the minority. Thanks for reading my thoughts on the topic. I love your podcast and find each and every episode to be very enlightening. And Ren, we loved your letter and greatly appreciate it. And we are definitely very pro having a room of one's own. Indeed. So thanks. And we're also pro hearing from you, dear listeners. Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com is our email address. You can also message us on Facebook or tweet us at MomStuffPodcast. And for links to all of our social media, as well as all of our blogs, videos, and podcasts, including this one, so you can see those amazing patents for feminine urinary devices head on over to stuff mom never told you.com for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com 